Hello, this is Maurice Harker. For almost 20 years, we've been building a team of hundreds of clinicians, coaches, mentors, and people just like you who have discovered and loved to teach life-changing principles. Our coaches have made a special investment to make sure you can hear these messages. You will hear stories of triumphant healing from specialists and people having a real life just like you. We hope to increase your awareness that you are not alone and there are so many others who are enlisted in this work to train and heal the whole family. You will find these principles are an amazing synergy of the most accurate cutting-edge science with familiar gospel principles. We are passionate eternal warriors and we hope you will join us. Hello, you're so awesome listeners coming again. You're going to be so glad that you're here because I'm so excited for you to meet Catherine because Catherine, even before we started recording, I'm already feeling like what a special, wonderful woman. I'm so excited for you to meet her. And I've already felt just a, such a strong friendly, kind, honest spirit from her. And so I'm just excited for you to meet her. So I'm going to um, just say hi. Hi, Catherine. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Yes. Oh, you're so welcome. And really, we all thank you for for coming before I've actually made Catherine wait for me um, like over 30 minutes before <laughs> I got here sending notes from somebody else and trying to figure out okay now we're connected but yeah I said this isn't the most comfortable thing for everybody to do on the planet and for her to for you to share your story just means a lot to to me because I know that's not the most comfortable thing and but yeah yeah it's super vulnerable but I know that it's going to be worth it and I'm excited to hopefully share the truth and hopefully help everyone feel the love of the savior yeah so good and you know it makes me think about this there's a theme it's our scriptural theme in mothers you know and it's god did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind and i think you doing what you're doing people that participate on this podcast or other things like it i mean it's really us showing up in the spirit god gave us to speak truth about things that people often, often don't see clearly, right? And so it's because it's hard for us to be in hard places. And so when someone who's been in a hard place also recognizes, you know what? This is the spirit God gave me no matter what place I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to talk about that. It's so awesome. So before we get into your story and everything will you just tell us just tell tell us about yeah what you love to do a little bit about you yeah just yeah what makes you happy and a little bit about your family yeah absolutely if we're being totally honest I'm still trying to figure out who I am what I like to do all of those things but I'm from Kingsville Utah I Graduated high school and went to Snow College to get my associates. And now I work at a law firm and I love my job and it's 
kept me really busy, but good. I love to cook. I don't use as many recipes as I probably should. I just like to make it up as I go. And my favorite thing in the entire world is to be with my family and my dog. Side note, my dog is like my baby. I love her. It has been so amazing to have a dog. <laughs> yeah. So my family, we mostly grew up in Kingsville. I have an older sister and a couple of younger siblings. And all four of us were born in five years. So we're really, really close to each other. We're all really good friends. We enjoy spending time together. So it's awesome. I'm very, very blessed. That is cool. Very cool. And what kind of dog do you have? And what is your dog's name? Her name is Maisie. She is a Havanese Maltese. So basically she is small and fluffy and adorable. And I love her. <laughs> wow, that's so great. That's so cool. So neat to know. Yeah. And just tell everybody your why. Why would you want to do this episode, create this episode? What's your why for me here? Yeah, that is a great question. I want to preface this with it is terrifying. It is so scary to open up about something that I have kept secret for so many years of my life it is super scary to talk about it but then being able to talk about it I I know how beneficial it is to hear it and for me to talk about it to know that I don't need to be ashamed that my savior loves me my heavenly father loves me my family loves me and that if I can talk about it and share my experience, that hopefully everyone else will be able to feel that same love for them. That is my whole goal with talking to you guys today is just that you will feel the Savior's love for you, that you will see his hand reaching out for you because I have felt it and I believe it and I know that his atonement is real and that he loves us and is with us every step of the way. So that's my why. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And, you know, before we started recording listeners, I, I asked Catherine her why. And yeah, totally. She hit it again. But there's a piece of it that you shared before that I know you'll want to mention. And it was this place where you were, because you said for so many years, but I mean, how did you feel for so many years? And you also mentioned you know, just the isolation, but you also mention how much you love people you love and it would not be okay with you if they were feeling like you used to feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I like to describe those years as my black hole where, I mean, you just can't see the light. I mean, you are just surrounded by darkness and confusion. And for a second, it almost feels safe because you haven't let anybody in yet. So you don't feel vulnerable. You don't feel scared because you're just in your little hole. And it is so great to be out of that. So, so scary. And yeah, like we were talking about before, I think about my little sister and my cousins and just the young girls that I know and how much I don't want them to feel like they are stuck in this hole of loneliness and that I want them to feel a fire and feel that fight that they can win and that Christ is fighting with them and just how empowering that can be. Yeah. Oh, Catherine, thanks for being a warrior hearted woman to want to protect other people, to defend their truth and 
And, you know, that's just really inspiring that you're here to be kind of a, a clarion call, a call to arms saying, we don't have to be in, in black holes. We don't have to be there. There's a better place to be in. And so I know that we often get in black holes because we fall into little traps in our life, right? We fall into this place where we don't really know how dangerous it is till we're in it and we don't know how to leave it. And we're doing something against our values. So we start feeling sad and ashamed. So what's, describe the black hole that you got tripped up in and then had to find your way out. Yeah, so I think at first it didn't feel like a black hole. It felt like curiosity. I didn't know where to find my answers to my questions. I didn't feel like anybody talked about it. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to have to do my own research. I'm going to have to find my own answers. So are, you and, so are you talking about like about sex, about sexuality, about bodies? Okay, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. With with bodies, with feeling comfortable with your body, with what's sex, what sexuality, what's, you know, like all of those questions that I didn't feel like I could talk to my wounds leaders about it. I didn't feel like anybody around me was having that conversation. And I didn't want to be like this awkward one raising my hand to ask about it. And I know that my, my mom would be there and would talk to me about it. I was just Satan had gotten in my head to tell me you need to feel ashamed for having these questions and you can't ask your mom because she'll look super weird at you and she'll make it really awkward and you know which is so not true but that's how I felt so and how old were you how old were you then oh I was about 12 when I started having questions so, yeah, like I said, it didn't really feel like I was jumping into a black hole. It was just, you know, kind of poking and prodding and like asking some questions. And I feel like it started pretty simple. And then I knew from the like right off the bat that Satan was telling me, you got to feel ashamed about this. You got to feel guilty. You can't tell anybody. And that just created this snowball effect for everything. So, then it became, you know, I have to hide my phone. I have to, if anybody talks about sex, I have to get away from it because I don't want anybody to think that I know anything. And yeah, it just started snowballing into this feeling of you are yucky and, you know, you should, like I said a million times, you should feel ashamed. You shouldn't feel good about this. You're doing all the wrong things. You, you shouldn't have questions. I mean, just all of these lies that Satan can spin, that they feel true. You know, like, yeah, I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah, I shouldn't be looking for my own answers. I shouldn't be curious about what these things are and what these things do and how I'm supposed to feel. You know, I felt like having sexual urges was of the devil, right? Like, I wasn't supposed to feel that way because nobody would talk about it. And it wasn't until I started my Warrior Women of Light program and started participating with my, realized that God, and he's not trying to punish me or, you know, anything like that, that he has a reason and that there is understanding that comes from truths and principles of the gospel. And I think once I started 
believing that, I could see the light coming into my black hole. That I could see that this really isn't safety. This isn't where I want to live my whole life. You know, I want to hold, find that light and hold on to it and see where I can go and pull myself out of feeling like I just need to hide it from everyone. Right. Oh, and it, let's just speak some truth there too, because as a 12-year-old girl in a very hypersexualized world um, where sexuality and the portrayal of it, not just with pornography, but with so many things, I mean, almost any kind of media that a 12-year-old girl with social media or a phone, I mean, would be, it would, there would be some kind of a sexualized message there, some kind of a curiosity heightening thing that you're noticing. Mm -hmm. And something I think as mothers or as parents, we don't recognize that our kids are kind of have a virtual world that they just totally navigate like the boss. And then they have this real world that's like, this is where we show up and act like we're supposed to act. Mm -hmm. But for you, the truth that I really want to speak right here is, of course, a 12-year-old girl would be curious about her sexuality in our day, right? That's a really normal, very healthy thing that happens to all humans mm -hmm. because we're all sexual beings, but especially in a, in a culture because you've been, you have this family culture that your parents have trained and taught and guided. You have this church culture where your young women leaders, your teachers, all that, it, it looks a certain way. Then you have this virtual culture and there's an anonymity there, but also mm -hmm. this empowering feeling of, I could just get about any information I need like that, right? Mm -hmm. But out here in the real world, where I have my family culture that's supposed to be really safe and my church culture that's also supposed to be really safe, it doesn't feel as safe as this virtual world. Mm -hmm. Like there's something going on there that us as parents, we like, I don't think we really see that whole picture there. Like it's almost like the virtuality of sexuality going out there to find your answers is so much safer and empowering than to go talk in the real world where mm -hmm. it's awkward where you have to have the courage to say it or ask mm -hmm. what you're curious about so and it's hard to to draw that line i remember thinking you know it's hard to draw that line of well what's pornography if i see somebody kiss does that count as pornography right and so and i don't know the answer to that question and i feel like the answer i would have gotten from any of my Sunday school teachers would have been, you know, if it makes you feel bad, then it's bad. You shouldn't watch it. The problem was as a 12 year old girl, I don't know what I'm feeling. I can feel this. I don't know how to identify it. I don't know how to say, or oh, I feel bad or I feel curious or I feel good. You know, like I don't know enough of how to identify my emotions and process through it. All I know is this is something new and I've got to figure it out. So it's hard to draw that line. Um, and I think you're right. There is a total difference of this virtual world where the anonymity makes a huge difference. Nobody's going to know that it's me raising my hand to ask this question because nobody's paying attention to me. 
But if I were to do that at home or, you know, at church, everybody's going to know that it's me that's wondering. And I don't want to be that one person that has to ask the question. So that's, it's tricky. It's really hard. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what, yeah. you know, how to make it better for the younger generation. I don't know yet, but yeah. we're figuring it out. Yeah, we are. We're going to figure it out. And this is one of the ways we're figuring it out, right? Like talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, but Catherine, I know that you have the most amazing good parents. That's really obvious to me and a really close family. And I'm sure your parents goal was to keep you safe and make sure that you had all the information you need. But anyway, I just think right here where we're at this point talking about this is a really tricky spot and we all have to figure it out. It's not like your parents had their head in the sand and just thought we're not even going to try to help her with this, right? They did. So what are some of the things that your parents did that just totally is evidence? Yeah, they care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... Man, I was so naive. I thought I had them fooled that they had no idea what was going on. But like any loving, caring parent, of course, they knew that something was wrong. Their kid doesn't just go and hide in their bedroom for hours and hours and hours and, you know, grunt when they come up for a prescription study and doesn't want to say family prayer because she doesn't feel worthy, right? They can't just ignore that. They knew what was going on. And I think that's where, you know, it's hard to talk about that. I mean, in some homes, you can't even say the word sex without everybody getting awkward and it getting weird. And your home is supposed to be your safe spot, right? And you don't want to just invite that awkward feeling in. And so I knew that that was a hesitation for my family. And there was one moment when I felt like I had been caught, you know, and I was terrified. I was thinking my parents are going to kick me out of the house. They're going to be so disgusted with me. I was so scared. And my dad, sorry. My dad said, let's go on a date. Let's go get some ice cream. And he works really hard. He's really busy. But he took this evening to take me to get some ice cream. We sat on the lawn. And he talked to me and he just said, you know, I've been curious too. When I was a kid, I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, I get it. It's, it's new and it's, it's interesting and you don't know what to do with it. And he was so loving and trying to connect with me so that I didn't feel alone. And it was that simple act of, Let's forget about the other distractions of the world. Let me just connect with my daughter. Let me just remind her that she's my child and I love her and I care about her and that I'm not blaming her for feeling this way. And that, I think, made one of the biggest impacts for me to realize that I still had worth, you know, I have value and that just, you know, my my behaviors don't define who I am, you know, because he was able to see that it was just a behavior, that it wasn't me as a person. I was terrible and wrong. And I knew that, you know, he loved me and he cared about me and he was there to help me. I just wish that I was more receptive, 
you know, to see that he was there to try to help me pull out of this mess. Um, and I was just too scared to reach, reach up for him, but I knew that he loved me and cared for me. So, oh, that's such a beautiful example. I'm so glad you shared that. Is it something that, so I'm, I think I heard you say that means like worlds to me that he did that, but you still had this kind of limiting thinking that was like, oh, I know he loves me. I, I just can't say, okay, I need some help or mm -hmm. okay, this is a problem. I don't know if I can stop this or you just, that was too scary. Yeah. And, and, but it's hard for anybody to admit that they have a problem because anytime someone will graffiti addiction and I didn't want to admit that maybe I had gone into an addiction. I didn't know that yet. And I wasn't ready to face it head on. Yeah, totally. So when did you know this isn't a place where I need some support? I think there were a couple of moments in my life that I felt like I need to reach out. I need to get some help. I was in my early teens and still struggling with it and thought, okay, there's got to be a way that I can talk about it with somebody. And that was the first time that I had actually Googled because I had heard, you know, my, one of my friend's brothers was a part of that program. And I was like, hmm, let me Google that. Found Daughters of Light. But again, I was too scared to admit to my family or to my priesthood leaders that I might have a problem. And so I didn't do anything about it. You know, I had all the contact information and I was like, mm, I'll just keep it over here on this separate page. And when I'm ready, I'll come back to it. Um, I, it honestly wasn't until I had graduated college and I was, you know, starting to build my life. And I was like, this is still a problem. And I don't want to feel like this is a problem anymore. You know, I need to find confidence. I need to find help. I need to find somebody to talk to that will help me become a person that I can look at in the mirror and love. And it, I wish that it didn't take me 10 years to get to that point, but it did, right? I'm 22 and it wasn't until this year that I was like, okay, like I'm ready to admit that this is a problem and that I can be proud of myself for reaching up and reaching out and being ready to fix it. That was, yeah, that was kind of the defining moment of, okay, it's time to let the light in, girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And I mean, as you're saying that part, it's like, you know, in the movies when there's that background music and, and it just gets exciting, like something, something warrior-ish is happening right now. Like, it's almost like when you were saying that, I was feeling like, we just need the background music right there. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, okay, the fight is coming. Let's go. Right. Totally. So just, I know everybody's threshold of this is a problem and I need support is different. And everybody's timing in their journey for when they reach up, no matter how many times it takes for them to reach up is the right, is right for them. It's right. Right. And so it's not like you're, well, yeah, it would have been good if I would have been figuring that out way back there. Like that's something we can say, but the fact that you got to this place where it was like, you know, the scriptures use that phrase in the, 
oh gosh, the Good Samaritan story where the, nope, nope, that's the wrong story. It's the, <laughs> of the prodigal, son. prodigal son. There we go. Like come to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. When we come to ourselves and we think, I, sh- I should not have to live like this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to, I want to, I want to live higher than this. And then to have the courage to do something about it. But people listening who might be thinking, I'm so glad that she is a woman talking about a struggle that started for her when she was a girl. And she said that she knew before she came out and said, I think I could use some support when you became a woman, which is totally great story. But what would you say to somebody who's listening? Like, how did you know? that this is a problem. It's limiting my growth. It's limiting my identity. When did you know, like, this is how bad it got, or this is how, how, you know, this is how it changed me so that someone listening would be like, yeah, I need to stop maybe telling myself this isn't a big deal. Cause it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> So badly just hug every single one of them that might be feeling that way and just say honey i know i know that it's scary and that it's so 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 hard to admit that something's wrong i know it i feel it i believe you for me i knew that the lies were just getting out of control you know i was trying to lie to my parents they're not idiots they they knew that i was like i was being dishonest with my family about what was going on. I was being dishonest to myself about what the problems were, trying to blame it on other things. I didn't feel confident or comfortable going to family events because I feel like somebody is going to know, somebody is going to call me out. I, you know, I just kind of retracted back into myself of like, I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to go to church because my bishop is going to look at me and be like, you have a pornography problem. Let's go talk about that, you know? Um, I think it was when I started to realize that I was pulling away from the people that I knew that love and care about me and realizing that I had lost my relationship with the savior, that I was worried about keeping everything secret and hiding that I wasn't allowing the savior in because I wasn't ready to address the problem. And when I realized that I was like, okay, no, no, no. I had this experience, okay, but I can't be shutting myself off from God, from Christ, from the atonement, from these healing powers, you know, all of these things. That's what we're here on earth to do, right? And it's when I realized that I was proactively choosing not to do that, that I was like, okay, time to 360 or 180, whatever, (laughs) time to 180 this around and find my way back to the Savior. So you would still go through the motions. You know, I like to refer to it as it's one thing to know how to talk and act like a church lady, but it's a whole nother thing to to feel like a church lady. Yeah, so, I could go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I could go to church and participate in Sunday school and young women's. I could give a talk in sacrament meeting and feel like I am bearing a testimony. And I believe it, right? Like I know that the gospel is true, but I was going through the motions. I was keeping my emotions separate from, like I wasn't investing my emotions into the steps that I was doing because I 
I just wasn't ready yet. I wasn't there yet. I wasn't ready to be open and honest about everything. Sorry, I kind of just like, I hope that made sense. Yeah, that's good. And I just really think that's a really powerful, safe and wise thing. Because, I mean, every parent, if any child's unsafe, you think, who cares if you're ready? Let's just do this, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want you to be unsafe. I don't want you to be in a dark place. I don't want this to affect your success or your future, that kind of thing. But isn't it so neat to notice that you came to the right time? Do you know what I mean? That's really neat to notice. And I think it's really neat for all of us to notice mm -hmm. that whether we have somebody who's started with some support or in a program that's trying to get some help and, you know, trying to change things for themselves so that they can, you know, really align their behavior with what they value so much. But yeah, there is this process of maturity and growth where we get to this place where we just choose it. Right? Yeah. And it's awesome to know that you have your family and your church leaders and, you know, people in programs like this that are there to support you, but they know as well as anybody else that it has to be when you're ready, that you have to come to the point where your reason to fight is for you. It's not for anybody else. It's for you and your relationship with your savior. That's when that healing can really take place because you're him and that's where he can get in. There's really only so much you can do to help somebody that isn't ready to be helped, you know? Yeah. So good. So no matter how much I want somebody else to get help, I can't like just get it done for them. Mm -hmm. I hate that part of it all. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. I can't even imagine how many times my parents talked to each other and just said, what are we going to do? How can we help her? How can we show her that there are so many resources, you know? And they just patiently waited for me to to come to grips with what I needed. And they were there to support me as soon as I was ready. Yeah. But did they try to approach, hey, we know something's going on. We know we dabbled and had this moment here, you and dad, right? You guys had this mm -hmm. moment. So we know that that might have been an issue for a while. Like, did they try to approach it throughout the years or did they just kind of think, I'm just going to trust God and we're just going to cheer for this girl and say she's awesome until she figures it out. I think a, a mix of both. There had been a couple times when they suggested that, you know, hey, maybe you should talk to your therapist and, you know, you've been kind of sad lately and kind of bummed and maybe, you know, talking to somebody would help you clear your thoughts. I don't think it was ever something that was said like so black and white clear um to be honest they could have said it and my brain just doesn't remember them saying it but I think it was more of them trusting God and trusting that I was in his care and that he would help me get to that point and that they would be ready to welcome me home and you know help me get the help that I needed when I was ready for it yeah ah, so good so you mentioned that it was in after your associate's degree or during college that you said, mm -hmm. 
I'm going to look up the resource again. So is that what you looked up was Daughters of Light and then you found out there's something called Warrior Women of Light? Yeah, I I really knew very little about it. I just Googled again the Daughters of Light because I remembered it from years ago. And there was an email address and I was like, well, that's a pretty anonymous way to go about it because I was still kind of scared. So I sent an email and said, you know, hey, I'm struggling and I don't know what this program entails but I'm ready to get some help. So I sent that email off and I think within a day, Sweet and Melody emailed me back and said, we're so glad you're here. Let me, like, I just want to talk to you. I want to know who you are and I will help you figure out the best path to take from here. And she was incredible. She, I think one of my favorite things is similar to what my dad did was her approach of loving the person and seeing that I was just a person having a hard time and I wasn't a terrible person doing terrible things. And she told me, you know, Hey, there's this program for women, your same age that are, they all have challenges and issues and, you know, we're working together to fight through it. We're learning about the doctrine of the gospel, but we're also learning about your body chemistry and your brain and how much your brain and all of those things play into effect here. And she said, you know, there's an option for group therapy that you can meet with these other girls and talk about it. And I, my initial thought was, there's no way I'm about to talk to a stranger, a bunch of strangers about my biggest secret, there's just absolutely no way I'm not going to do that. And my timid self was like, okay, I'll come to group this week. (laughs) And I logged in and I was petrified. I was thinking this is going to be like an AA meeting. I'm going to feel really awkward. And I can't, I can't even explain how much love was in that room. We were doing it virtually. Everybody was just on their phones. But love, not just an LD, not just a savior, but of every one of these girls. And they genuinely care for each other. And after the first time, I was like, this is special. You know, this is where I can feel like I can talk about it. And these girls aren't going to judge me. They're not going to give me that face of like, what is it? You're doing this? Like, none of that. It was just love and compassion. And I don't, it, has, it hasn't been anything except those things every week of going to group and feeling like, okay, I can talk about this and I can admit, you know, Satan got to me this week and I lost a battle or I freaking won this week and I'm feeling amazing. And everybody is there to support you. And when you say, you know, I am starting over on day one today. I, I messed up last night, but I'm starting on day one. And the girls would clap and they would say, you know, we love you. We're here for you. We're so proud of you for being here. I had never felt that way. I never felt like I could admit that I had just lost a battle to Satan and feel empowered until I started Warrior Women and realizing that there is a fight and that I can feel this fire in me of I'm ready to fight. I know that I can win. These girls are standing right here with me. We are doing this together. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's almost like all of a sudden this bright light hits the pit and you're like, there were ladders here. 
right? There were ladders mm-hmm. here. And that's just so fun because I'm now shining light in this dark place. I can see there's a way out of this. And because there's love and acceptance and you're finding more love and acceptance and getting more aligned with your divine identity. Tell us a little bit about, you just mentioned to me before we started, you said something that was so awesome. You said that there's something that Anality tells you that we're at war with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she talks about this war of remembering and forgetting. And it took me a while before I really understood what it was. And I think I'm still kind of learning. But I think for me, it was seeing myself through the adversary's eyes and seeing myself through God's eyes. And um, I believed for so long the lie that Satan was telling me that I am unlovable, that these things that I have done, I am no longer worthy of love not just from my heavenly father, but from the people around me. And I just had to come to grips with that. And I can't even tell you how long I believed that. And like I said, I'm still in the process of healing from that and reminding myself that's not true. So I was in this war of forgetting my true identity, forgetting my divine nature of God and godliness. And there's when you go to warrior women of light, there is so much love that you can't feel fear even if you want to. I mean, it's, it's you just can't do it. There's just too much love in that room. And I would go in feeling like I had forgotten my identity of who I was. And I would be talking to these girls and talking to Anality and realizing that they have so much love for me. And I was like, why they can't? they can't love me this much. They obviously don't understand everything that I did or they wouldn't feel this way. And that's when I could just hear my heavenly father being like, no, sweetheart, like this really is just how it is, right? Like we just love you. And we understand that you're having a hard time and that there are things that Satan can tempt you with. Everybody has those things. But that does not mean that you are not worthy of love. That doesn't mean that just because you feel unworthy that all these people that love you are just going to stop loving you. And it was just remembering, oh yeah, like my savior loves me. My heavenly father loves me. My parents, my friends, these wonderful people in group that I have made mistakes and they love me me more for being willing to fight and being willing to reach out and accept their help and accept their love. So it's, it's a, it's a hard like she calls it a war. It's really hard to fight and to remember. But once you remember and you focus on that, it's hard to forget again who you are and what you're worth. Mm, so good. And I know that Warrior Women of Light kind of has a tracking system that you use that can help you to see, because you mentioned earlier, I'm on day one, I'm starting on mm-hmm. day one. Tell us a little bit about, about that. Yeah, so we track our days of sobriety from whatever it is that we are trying to get sober from. And it's different for everybody. Like I've known some of these girls for months and we don't know what each other's problems are. But yeah, we track our days of sobriety. So we have weekly goals of 
you know, these little things that we can do to help ourselves win the battle and to remember what we're fighting for. And we come to group each week and we report on how many days sober we have made it. And the goal is to get to 84 days. That's when, you know, we graduate from the program and not necessarily that you stop coming, just that that's when those habits have really taken place in your heart and that the healing has really become a part of you. So we would track our sober days of how far we're getting. And like I said, it was really hard to admit that you're back on day one. And there were a couple of weeks when I was at day one, every single time I reported my score because I just couldn't, I was just so beaten down. I couldn't keep fighting. But once you're able to start realizing, you know, okay, I'm on day one. That means that he got to me yesterday, but that I chose to fight today. And that is amazing. That is so, so amazing. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's the kind of explanation you wanted of it, but yeah. Totally. Share another thing from Warrior Women of Light that one thing that you said there, I thought I want to make sure everybody heard because I mean, you don't necessarily have to say, here's all the bad things I've done. This is how bad it got. This is what it looked like and where I was and Mm -hmm. all of the details. Like you just mentioned that everybody knows we're here for lost battles, whatever we deem as a lost battle. Mm -hmm. I know all these women that I love and I know they love me and support me in my fight, but I don't necessarily know what they're fighting for. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Which... I thought was going to be the scariest part of going to group was I would have to admit all of this stuff to a bunch of strangers. And that is so not the case. For the most part, everybody keeps their battles private. You know, we don't know what we're fighting with. We don't know what everybody's individual goals are, which is kind of nice because we're not focusing on those things that make us different, right? We're focusing on the fact that we're all the same, that we're all trying to be better. We're all trying to heal from the things that, you know, that have taken place in the past. and. Sorry, I had a thought and I just lost it. No problem. No problem. I don't know. I don't remember what I was going to say. So but my question, just I'll repeat my question. See yeah. So my question was, you know, you mentioned that, you know, everybody's comes with something different. You don't necessarily know what everybody else is fighting for. It's just we're all, we've identified what our battle is and we're all fighting for that. But we don't necessarily know everybody's stuff. Yeah. I think one of the awesome things about the program is that we are not focusing on talking about, okay, so I struggle with pornography and I struggle with this and I struggle with that. We're not talking about that. We are talking about our emotions. We are learning skills that will be helpful for our entire lives, not just this little moment of our, you know, young adulthood. We're learning how to identify what our emotions are and that we don't have to have a why for our reason and you know we have to we don't have to ask you know why do I feel this way we just have to this way and it's learning this feel this way right this second I want to feel this way instead so what can I do to change my brain chemicals to think the way that I want to think to feel the way I want to feel and that's what's amazing is you know we can focus on our our brain chemistry We can focus on the principles of the gospel. We can focus on the atonement, all of these, you know, general things. And every single person has a way to connect with it because we're all struggling with something. 
So we don't all have to be struggling with the same thing. We don't have to admit what that thing is, but we know that we can use these tools that we're learning to help us get through those hard days and to teach us, you know, who we are and, you know, why our brains go that way and how we really can conquer Satan. That he wants us to think that he has total control over us, but that is so not true. And it's hard to believe that when you're stuck in the pit of despair, to believe that you have the power to be him. But when you realize you have control over how you react to situations and how you feel your different emotions and how you're, you know, when you realize that you have that control and that power, it's so empowering. You know, it's, I know that I can win this thing. Um, Sorry, I hope that answered the question. I started like, yeah, it's incredible. Sorry, I'm all over the place. <laughs> no, you know what? You're making brilliant sense more than you could ever dream. It's so beautiful. Good. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, yeah, what have you learned about Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father through all of this? What the Holy Ghost, just how, what have you learned about the Godhead and the atonement? All of that. It's a lot to summarize. Yeah, just a piece of it. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a little bit more manageable. I think it's not so much what I learned; it's what I felt. I've believed my I was blessed and lucky enough to be born into a family that were members of the church. So I've heard my whole life, you know, God loves you through everything, and your sins don't matter to Him. It, that you know He loves you and you're worth everything. And, you know, the atonement applies to everyone and every sin. And okay. Okay. I heard that my whole life. I get it. I believe it. I didn't believe it until I had hit my absolute rock bottom. And I reached up hoping and praying that somebody would be there to pick me up. And they were there. And I can know it as much as I want, but until you feel it, until you physically feel him saving you from this black hole, it's not the same. And so I do feel like I, I feel the truth of a loving savior, of a heavenly father that doesn't give up on you that doesn't see, oh, you're on day one. Oh, you lost a battle. Oh, you listened to this suggestion from Satan. He doesn't see you that way. He sees you are my precious daughter. And I'm sorry that you're going through this. I'm sorry that Satan is making you feel this way. Please don't listen to him. Please realize that you are so much more than what he is making you out to be. Learning that the atonement is so infinite that you can be on day one every single day, but if you are facing towards Christ and you are trying, that is the power of the atonement. I think one of the things that I learned that left the biggest impression on my life was the healing power of the atonement. I felt for 10 years that I was always going to be this way that I was never going to conquer this, that I could go for, you know, a couple months of being sober and doing great, but I would always 
And I learned that's a lie, that the truth is because of the atonement, because of the sacrifice that my Savior made for me, he has healed me. He has transformed me into a woman that knows her worth, that knows her power over Satan, that knows her divine right to be loved, to have a family, to feel confident before God. And that's something I didn't think I would ever feel. But because of this program, I feel the power of the atonement. That's so beautiful. What an incredible testimony. And thank you for pointing out that feeling piece. That's so true. And the way you articulated it so beautifully, like really, it's that is so awesome. Well, listeners, what did I tell you at the beginning? I said, you're going to like this. You're so lucky to be here. Yeah, Catherine, thank you for telling your story. Just a little bit of it. We're probably going to need to have you back here doing some more <laughs> stuff. Just so brilliant. Thank you so much for allowing me to share my testimony. I would love to come back. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so neat for you listeners out there. I just want you to know that I am aware that in Warrior Women of Light, that's for women who are 18 and older or Daughters of Light. That's women who are young women who are 13 to 18 years old. These are some of the issues that I know that girls or women have that come to use Warrior Women of Light or daughter, Daughters of Light as a resource. There's uh, you, you add any if you think of any, Catherine. In fact, I'll just let you throw some out there and then I'll add some if I can think of any. Of the things that we struggle with? Yeah, some of the things that a woman would come to that program for. So we've talked today about, yeah, just a really like habitual behaviors towards, mm -hmm. you know, looking at pornography or masturbating. What else? Yeah, I know that people have come for self-harm, for eating disorders, for like PTSD recovery, trying to, you know, recover from sexual assault or, you know, something like that. And then like you had mentioned those behavioral things. So pornography, masturbation, drinking, staying in line with the word of wisdom. There are just so many different things. Yeah. The only other two that I can think of, or I guess there's three is that is like maybe even just this moral, like morality. Like mm -hmm. I, I know who I am. I want to be chased, but there's something in what I'm not, I'm not able to follow through with, with what I want. And I'm mm -hmm. struggling with morality and going a little too far. Then I, then I know I want to, but I do it anyway. Like mm -hmm. to figure that out. And then also there's a, you know, depression, anxiety, mental conditions. I'm sure there's something we're missing, but anyway, I just really want the listeners to hear you know, it's just, that's something unique about our therapeutic programs for women and young women here is that there's quite a plethora, quite a dynamic there. And our 
Sons of Healment program or Manamaroni program is specific to sexual self mastery. Mm-hmm. So there are those other issues in there, you know, here and there. But yeah, I think it's just such a powerful thing to know. It doesn't matter what your struggle is. If you're struggling, especially, I can't feel the love of God. I don't feel unworthy. I'm, I'm really struggling with how I want to feel, but I don't think I can ever get there. That's, that's a therapeutic-led group. And if they came to your group, Catherine, what's the first thing you would say to them? Sorry, it cut out. Oh, I would just say, I would just, if somebody came to Warrior Women of Light for the first time, what's maybe one of the first things you'd say to them? Oh, there are so many things. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. We are so, so glad that you're here and that we hope you feel the love of Christ for you. And we hope that you feel confident in who you are. But yeah, my first thing would be, we are so proud of you because it is super hard to reach up and reach out and ask for help. And I don't want that effort to ever go unnoticed. So good. Thanks for being a warrior-hearted fighter for yourself and for other people. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening. As you can see, we are very enlisted in what we have learned and hope to teach. If you have found today's message inspiring, please share this podcast with family and friends so others can enjoy and be edified along with us. Be sure to download the free book that holds all the core principles behind what we teach. This book is called Like Dragons Did They Fight. You will find a link for that free download at Like Dragons Free. And remember, you can find all the life-changing resources, programs, and trainings needed for you and your family at lifechangingservices.org.